Hey, it's Elisa here, and I'm so excited to be bringing you these bonus special episodes, which are the recordings from my very, very recent just hot off the press three-part series called the Offer Messaging Makeover. And the best part is that you get to binge or listen to these very exclusive episodes over the next few days while they are up on the podcast, which means that you not only get to create a bigger, better, and deeper connection with your audience, but you also get to make over your messaging too. And if you are anything like me and my clients, then you know that the true joy, the true messaging magic comes from your offer. And this series is all about helping you bibbity bobbity boo your offer with me. So without further ado, here is the replay of the very exclusive three-part series. Let's roll the episodes and I hope you enjoy. Hello, welcome, welcome, welcome back to the third and final part of the Offer Messaging Makeover. How are we doing today? I'm so excited. Let me pull up the comments for I have lost my comments screen. Say hashtag replay party if you're coming on with us later on. Say hello down below if you're here with me live. I am not seeing anyone yet, so I will hang out for a few seconds and make sure that we are live in the right place. Uh, if you can see me, hear me, say hello. Hello, hello. Okay. Hi, Stacey. Welcome. Welcome, welcome, welcome. I am seeing your beautiful faces pop up. Um, uh, Casey, can we, drop, can we drop the workbook in the comments just for everyone who's jumping on? How are we doing today? Are we excited for the third and final part of the offer messaging makeover? Let me know. Let me know. How's everyone's week going? I love doing I love doing this three-part series because I think it gives us enough time to not only like get to know each other, but also to like hang out, you know? Because I feel like I used to do a lot of like challenges and a lot of um, masterclass launches and things like this. And the one big problem that I had with those is that I just didn't feel like it was enough time. And this time I feel like I know everyone, which is great. Hello, say hi in the comments if you're coming on live. So, as you know, so far we have been working on making over your offer. On day one, I gave you the full sort of picture of why an offer is the main and the most important thing that you need to have in your business. The one thing that needs to be nailed, okay? On day two, on Tuesday, we went into the offer messaging matrix and we looked at the first six specific levers of your offer and how to make it magnetic. Who was there with me live? Give me a one in the comments. Hi, Joanne, welcome. Welcome, welcome. Yeah, and for everyone returning, reminder, you wanna put hashtag offer glow up to qualify for our fun um, bingo challenge, which looks like this. So just a very quick reminder, uh, Offer Glow Up Challenge is on 11, page 11. You get the opportunity to win my fun visibility bundle. It, it is, has the, like all my favorite tech, has my favorite tripod, my favorite ring light. It is the sexiest, like the sexiest little tech visibility bundle ever. So this we will be talking about towards the end of today's live, because today, of course, I will be giving you the full blueprint and holding nothing back the full blueprint of what it actually takes to be successful. And in fact, I've like typed up all my notes. 
like I feel like I have I don't know like I've, I've done all my homework you know and I never ever have notes really but this time I really wanted to give you like the full overview because here is what I tend to find that it doesn't matter how good your offer is it doesn't matter how much time effort and energy you've put pulling it together making it over if you don't actually have a full system in place to make sure that it's in the hands of the right people. Do you know what I mean? Like how many of us have spent all of this time developing these amazing life-changing products and then when it gets to the actual getting people into them, something goes wrong. And I wanted to give you the full blueprint of my success, of what made it different for me and what made my business successful. Because here is the thing, I know that your offer is the most important thing. Like all roads need to lead back to your offer. I, I will die on that hill, right? But it doesn't matter how amazing your offer is. If no one knows what it is and who it's for and what it does, and you're not getting in front of the right people and in front of more people every single week, day, month, year, whatever, then you have an amazing offer that is just sort of dying in a cave somewhere. And we really don't want that. We want your business to be thriving. We want your offers to be in the hands of more people, right? Right, right, give me, give me a yes in the comments if you agree. And I will take a cup of water. Okay, so who's ready to get started? Hi, hi, hi. Welcome, I'm seeing offer glow ups in the comments. And BT Dubs, if you're watching this on replay, which I know loads of people are catching up over, over the days, then I want you to comment along as if you're here in the live experience. That's why I'm asking you these questions. And I promise I go through the comments afterwards and I comment on every single one of them. So let's get started. Are we ready for day three? Give me, I was saying, I was just joking with Casey behind the scenes. Casey's my COO for, for those who don't know. She's like my right-hand woman and an all-round amazing, incredible human. And we were joking, like, maybe we should meditate. But instead of meditating today, I do want you to give me, give me an emoji that represents your current sales system. Like, do you have a sales system in place? How confident are you in getting sales in your business? I want to see an emoji. Let's say like 100 is I'm so, so, so confident. And let's say the, the poo emoji is, is when we're not confident at all. I want to see your emojis below. And maybe like the shruggy woman, you know, like this is my like probably second favorite emoji. Like, where it's like sort of 50-50, not sure. I want to see those emojis in the comments. Because my goal today is to help you see the gaps in your success blueprint. I know that you probably have the right elements in play. They may be out of order, they may be sort of mismatched, but I know that you have the puzzle pieces already sort of there. And what I want to offer you today and really focus on, on today is giving you the full map. Because only with all of the right puzzle pieces in play are you going to be able to actually become that successful person that you want to be. Whatever that looks like, whether that's six figures, multiple six figures, I don't, you know, it doesn't particularly matter sort of what that success looks like. Everyone has a different variation of what they want, right? Okay, I'm seeing the like face. Yep. I have a good system, but I can't get through the door so I can use my sales system. Okay. Interesting. Me being scared to ask for the sale. Oh, being there on that. And we're going to talk about sales today. 
We're going to talk about sales today for sure. Because I think it's such a bugaboo for so many people. And you know, for me, one of the most interesting like experiences is when clients tell me, well, you're just so good at sale. Like you're so good at selling. It's like, it's like, it's like you were born. Like you were, you came out of the womb and you were like, sell me everything. <laughs> like I swear, I swear to you. That's literally what one of my clients told me once. <laughs> and I was like, no, of course not. Sure. And actually today in the group, we had a really great conversation about like, did you know that you were supposed to be an entrepreneur? Or like, did you have that entrepreneurial spirit? And like, truth be told, I have always been entrepreneurial. Like I was, I set up a full on, a like Barbie exchange barter system. Like my best friend's Nan was the best seamstress in town. She made my like Barbie's clothes and she did these incredible like outfits and they were so much better than mine. But I would like sell her into swapping the clothes basically. And we set up this barter system in our like first year of figuring out how to swap out these outfits. The reason I'm telling you this is because we all have like these intrinsic talents to get what we want. Was I really good at selling client to client at the beginning? Of course not, right? No one really is. But we all intrinsically know how to get what we want. Just think about like, if you're a mom, then you know getting your kid to do anything is a sale, like, right? Or like, I remember when I was younger, I used to have to like basically prime my stepdad into doing things, like into, if I wanted him to take me to a party, I had, I had to like prepare him, right? So it just doesn't look like selling in the traditional sense, but we all have a variety of like persuasive skills, right? We all have intrinsic talents that we can use. And this success blueprint, I want you to look at it not as like, here are the steps that it will take me to be successful. I want you to look at, you already have the magic within you. You already have all of the elements in place. You already have what it takes to be that successful entrepreneur that you journaled on being on day one. You already have it all. It's just sort of buried underneath stuff, right? Underneath cobwebs. It's in the basement, okay? And I want you to remember and, and, and know that the people that you see online who are successful are not special. There's nothing special or interesting about them, right? They have just figured out a formula and they figured out their own blueprint for success. And I'm here to help you do the same thing. And I think there is a lot, a lot of marketing online that talks into your lack, into your shame, into your like unholiness, right? And I don't want to be that person. Like I really fully believe that every single one of my clients is already enough in the way that they are. Now, can we all use a bit of a polish in different areas? Can we all use a bit of guidance? Sure, of course we can. But I want you to look at this blueprint as, okay, Alisa has given me these ingredients for success. How can I try to adapt it to what I'm doing right now? How can I filter it through my business? Because all of our offers are going to be different. Your ideal soulmate person is going to be different to my ideal soulmate person. Only you know what is best for your clients, right? And it's about taking the things that you think work for you and adapting them to you, right? We don't want to create, I don't want to create like cookie cutters versions of me. Like that would be boring. You know, plus there's only one of me and one of you. And I think that's the way that the world should be. Can I get an amen in the comments? Give me a one. Give me a one. Okay. Are we ready? Are we ready? I've got my, like, I've got my pointer here. Are we on page 21? Yes, yes, or yes. 
I want to see you all open up your Wagbooster page 21. Can we have the link to the workbook in the comments just in case someone doesn't have it? Please and thank you. So, what is your step one? I hear you say, well, I want to start here. Did you know, and I've got the stats, I've got my stats over here to back my findings up. Because I think, you know, sometimes we, we throw around these stats all the time and I'm like, where, where did this come from? So this is a genuine statistic. Did you know that according to research by Fundsquire, which is a global startup funding network here in the UK, 20% of small businesses fail in their very first year. Around 60% of businesses fail within the first three years. Now, I have a question for you today. Is it because the businesses sucked? Is that why? Is it because the businesses were, I don't know, not good enough? Is it because the idea were like, I don't know, bow ties for puppies? That sounds like a really good idea. I don't know. Give me a terrible, ter terrible business idea in, in the comments, right? Is it because the businesses intrinsically weren't good enough? Of course not. I really do believe that if it's an idea, if it like exists in your mind, then someone will probably want it at some point. But is it that the offer wasn't magnetic? Is it that the person who was leading that business that failed within the first year or three years didn't figure out that offer ecosystem? Because nine times out of 10, it has very, very little to do with the, the actual validity, right? Of said business itself, but it has everything to do with the offers that they're making. And as, you know, we're, we're getting like comments when I 100% agree with you, possibly because they did not have paying clients to sustain the business. Well, why don't we have paying clients? Is it that, you know, the things that we are doing aren't good enough? Is it that the price is wrong? No, of course not. It's because the offer isn't right. So the offer ecosystem isn't right. And if you don't have the offer, right? So this is why I've been talking about the offer for the last three days, because your offer is the most important thing, hands down. Make sense? The offer is everything, 100%. So businesses live and die on offers, right? And I'm not just talking about paid offers either. Like your offers, the stuff that you offer for free, your live video, that's an offer. Your uh, call to action to sign up to your email list, that is an offer. An offer is an action, right? It's not the product, it's an offer. An offer is an action word, as in you're offering someone to do something, it's an ask. So when we start to think about our business in terms of your first successful ingredient is your offer ecosystem. Because look, it's not about the most incredible paid offer, but it's about how do, do the offers that you give people throughout your business, so I'm talking about from the moment that someone becomes aware of you to the very, very end, all of those offers, it's an ecosystem that you're building. And the more successful that ecosystem is, the more successful that it becomes, the more successful you will be. That's what I mean by an offer ecosystem. So, you know, I get it. You might want to outsource all your marketing. I hear this all the time, Elisa. Well, why don't I just outsource everything? I just want to hire an agency. Fuck it. Blah, blah, blah. But can you imagine if Steve Jobs outsourced the making of Apple? Could you imagine if, like, back in those days when Steve Jobs and all of his merry men in his gar garage were making Apple computers and they were like, you know what? I'd really like to just outsource this to Microsoft. 
really don't want to do this. Like the, the, the computer, who gives a shit? <laughs> Steve Jobs would never do that, right? The offer is the main thing. It's the thing that you should own. And your marketing, therefore, is linked intrinsically to the offer. Furthermore, if you don't have great offers, AKA, if you don't know that you have an offer that converts, if you don't know that you have a lead magnet that converts, if you don't know that you have a point of action, right, that converts before people even get to the lead magnet stage, then how can you ever hope to outsource anything, right? You're just outsourcing something that isn't working. So in my opinion, your your first success step, so if we go into here, number one, and by the way, as I'm talking, you can make notes over here. Your first success blueprint is your offer. Your offer is the most important thing, hands down. And here is the thing, whether you are in that offer spiral creating more and more and more, right? Which again, that, that should, should be a red flag that something isn't working if you're like forever creating something new. Or whether you have been trying to create something and it just hasn't, like you've tried to create one thing and it isn't working, that's okay. I want you to know that at the end of the day, it needs to be an ecosystem. Everything needs to be messaged in the right way. And as we covered on day one, and I would highly recommend that everyone goes back back and watches day one too, because I go deeper into this then. But like that offer bath fizzer situation that we talked about, do we remember this? Give me a one if you do. The offer bus situation is that your offer is the core. So all roads lead back to the offer. And like, I want you to think of your offer as like Rome, right? Rome wasn't built in a day, right? But all roads lead back to Rome as famously as we all learned in history in the UK. All paths lead back to Rome. Do you know what I mean? And your offer is like that, right? So everything needs to be filtered through that offer. And the way that you create your offer ecosystem to be successful is that you start to think about every single touch point in your business is a type of offer. For an offer is an action. Does that make sense to everyone? You know, and here is, I'm trying to think of what else is in my, is in my notes. Yeah, so actually, this is a good point that I didn't write, but I'm gonna mention anyway. Like inside of my signature program, so it's called the Soul My Client Accelerator, we don't just talk about the inclusions and the benefits and we don't talk about like we have I have this thing called like the one page offer sheet and it's great and I love it but it, it's a scale so everything that you do with your offer you take it through a test because here is the thing if you're a great coach or a great service provider or a designer or even if you do something that is not like non-servicey based right Every single offer has the same persuasion triggers. There's about nine of them, right? And it takes those persuasion triggers for that paid offer, but then you also wanna make sure that you have the right touch points in place. So instead of SCA, what we do is we look at the four specific touch points that you need because your, your free offer is just as important. So if your paid offer is over here like a planet and your, your free offer is sustaining that, Whereas what I think most people do is they spend so much time focusing on the paid offer and like marketing the paid thing that they forget that the paid thing is like the last step. Does that make sense? I'm seeing it makes perfect sense. Yeah. Perfection. So that is step one. Your step one to the success. I'm not going to spend, I mean, I could spend literally another three hours talking about offers and how important they are and why they're important. But I think we want to get to the rest of the five steps, right? 
Write, 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 write. Give me a heart in the in the comments if you're following along. Because I'm seeing a, there's, I'm seeing a lot of you watching, but I'm seeing no comments. And it's making it's making me feel a certain way. I want to see the hearts. I'm not gonna turn. I'm an attention whore today. It's like the end of the week, you know. So your second step. What's the second step to success? I hear you ask. <laughs> okay, great. love it. I'm, I now are seeing all of the hearts. Love it. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for appeasing me. Uh, your second step uh, is actually one of the biggest mistakes that I see most people make. It is the biggest, I would say the biggest pain point that my ideal soulmate person has. And it's the fact that if I just create content, if I just show up and I'm there every day, if I do the things, and in fact, I have a great story about this. So I went to this retreat in LA and I met this girl there and she was like, I want to be a singer. I want to be discovered, blah, blah, blah. And I, like, I had dinner with her. We went to this rooftop bar and we had cocktails and it was great. And I said to her, I think what you should do is, attention hall, 100%. Yeah. Have you never heard that phrase? It's like one of my favorite things ever. It's like, pay attention to me is one of my favorite, like, Pay attention to me is a song that we sing in our in my family, like on on repeat because there's so many of us. Anyway, like let's diving way way too deep into the personal life. But yeah, um, so my friend, we're in this rooftop bar. It's beautiful. LA is like like we're in downtown LA. There are lights and everyone. She's telling me about the fact that she wants to have this music career. And she wants to be discovered and that's all she wants and blah, blah, blah. But her husband doesn't want to move to LA and all, all of this other stuff. So I said to her, well, I think you should just show up on TikTok. Like TikTok is a really great way for you to build a community. It's short. It's like less attention that you, you, you know, it's not necessarily something that I would advise for any of you. But I do think that it's a great platform. And she's like, I think that's a great idea. I was like, in fact, I challenge you. This is like after a lot of cocktails. I challenge you to show up on TikTok every day for the next year. And she did. And she's creating these TikToks. And they are, I wouldn't say they're bad, but I would say that they're nonsense. They have nothing to do with her career. They have nothing to do with the actual action in mind. And I'm giving you this specific example because I think so many of us create content in the same vein. We don't actually look at what is the purpose of said content? What is that content doing for us? Can I get an amen when we post pictures of dogs or memes or I don't know, astrology shit, <laughs> right? And I'm calling myself out here as well because sometimes you're like lazy and you don't really want to think about it. So would you post? You post a cute photo of whatever your family. But is it actually supporting your offer ecosystem? Is it actually giving your ideal soulmate people something to like latch on to or is it just a content piece for the sake of creating content so the second puzzle piece to your success blueprint is your content ecosystem because i don't just mean give away your best stuff for free right because let's face it if you were giving away your best stuff for free right now you'd already be like in that that worked you'd already be sitting on a pile of money I see so many great people who are creating their best stuff and giving it away for free on YouTube, on Facebook, on the Facebook group and all, in all the places. And they're still like people on booking me. Yeah. People on booking me, what gives? And here is what I have to say to that point, right? It's that we wanna create content 
that has a purpose, that is underpinning the rest of our offer system. We want to create content that isn't just how-to content. Because there are a thousand and one articles on Google, a thousand and one YouTube tutorials, a thousand and one blog articles, a thousand and one people who are giving away how-to content, but it's not actually doing anything. So instead of creating how-to content, we want to create content that is messaging, that is telling people the reason why they need your offer. And I don't just mean your paid offer either. I mean all of your offers, right? So think back to the offer ecosystem with your four specific offers, right? I want to create content around those offers and messaging that makes people want them. So how-to content, while it is useful showcasing who you are and what you do, isn't actually useful in getting you those clients. So we want to start thinking about content differently. We want to start thinking about content in a completely different way. Instead of, it's like, it's like when people tell you, like, don't give them the, the what, right? Give them the how. Well, sure, right? We, or the opposite, sorry. Don't give them the how, give them the what to do. And like, I think there has to be a balance between that, between like what and the how, right? It goes back to storytelling for me. Like the first thing that you learn in um, master's English, right? If you do any type of English degree and I do contemporary writing, the first thing that you learn is what are the stakes? What are the stakes for your person? And when you give people a how-to step-by-step of what to do, the stakes are not, no more, right? There is nothing. There's nothing to, to catch on to, right? And therefore, there's nothing. It's like, right, right? It just creates that effect. Whereas what you want to do is like give people that tension and give people a reason to follow you. Because here's the thing. It's not that how-to content doesn't work. Again, it does. How-to content is great. It, it serves a purpose. But the reality is, is that your ideal so many people want a shortcut right? They want the step-by-step. They want to be told what to do and how to do it. And that's where you come in. So your content can't just be, right, how-to content because it doesn't create that tension. It doesn't create that, like, stakes, right? It doesn't create that, like, zhuzh, right? It, that's a really great question. I'm going to answer it in a second. How do you create tension? It doesn't create a zhuzh, right? By, by the same token, if you're not creating content that is helpful and useful, it also doesn't show people that you're their expert, right? It doesn't create that like, oh my gosh, she gets me factor. So we want to have a balance, right? We want to give people value, but we also want to be really clear as to why your solution is the best. And it always comes back to me, for me, to the offer, right? Again, all roads lead back to the offer. Have I said that enough times throughout this series? Right? Maybe that maybe we should like go back and like cut like all the different ways, you know, like that fun YouTube, whatever, deep cut. So how do you create the tension? That's a really great question. I think there are a variety of different ways. I think creating the tension is a learned skill in terms of like you can improve your copywriting skills to create the tension. And I think it goes down to knowing who your ideal soulmate person is, like knowing your offer inside out and back to front and knowing who it's for. Like... <coughs> excuse me, I know for a fact that when I meet someone at an event, I can already sort of tell whether they're going to be a client or not. 
And like my friends used to think that I'm I'm crazy for this, but like it's an energetic thing because I know my my ideal swami person for each one of my containers is so specific, so tangible, and I know the result. Then when I'm talking to someone and they're telling me what the what the problem is, it's really easy for me to then pinpoint them into the right direction. Does that make sense? Like type in a why if that makes sense to people. So in terms of like replicating that tension online, the way that I want you to think about it, it's like. Well, how can I create a, um, almost like the way that I describe it in one of my programs is like a pilot episode. You're giving people a taster. You're giving people like a story to follow and you're bringing them in. So the way that we want to do it is like, it's when people, you know, <laughs> this is another side story, but I think it's really worth it. When people talk about to me about like spiritual leaders, right? And how they're channeling and blah, 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 blah. And a lot of that content, if you actually look at it as a storytelling, that's all they're doing is like storytelling and you're seeing yourself reflected back in that person. So the way that you create that tension is you, first of all, you just be more you online. Like me here, that's how I am in all my programs. Like that's how I am in the accelerator. It's how I am in my VIP. It's how I am in whatever, spellbinding content. I am me, right? And I think that the creating of the tension and creating the balance between okay, well, here is what I have to offer and here is the next step. We're going to go deeper, right? We're going to go deeper into this. And if you want to learn more and you feel like I'm vibing with you, then let's like, come on over. The creating of that tension is you becoming, more, first of all, more confident in yourself and more confident in your ability to communicate how amazing your offer is. And you becoming like more confident in creating the content around said offer versus what I see a lot of people do is they like just create soup. Right, so it's not like a three course meal, it's just sort of soup that goes everywhere. And we don't wanna create soup, right? Right, so I hope that answers your question a little bit more. We can go deeper into that at a later time, but I think that if we wanna think about our content ecosystem, what we wanna do is think about, okay, well, what is the story that I'm telling? One of my favorite ever concepts is be bingeable. Can you be bingeable for your ideal soulmate person? And I think about this all the time. If like a new person discovers me online, what are the touch points that they're going to go and discover? So in, in early days of my business, that was my Facebook group. So my Facebook group had all of the, the different things. It had like hundreds of hours of free content. It had units set up. It had all of these different things. I love the super analogy. Thanks. <laughs> so that just came to me. Practically channeling over here, you know? So in those early days, it would be that Facebook group. And I had like hundreds of hours of content and it was set up in, in the right way. And then when I decided earlier this year that, you know what, like that doesn't really necessarily work for me anymore. Like I want to do something different. We moved more to like a podcast model, right? And I started thinking about, okay, well, what's the journey? If someone's discovering me, how, where are they going? Are they going from like this post? They're going to my, whatever, my LinkedIn bio. They're going to my podcast. What are they listening to? So your content ecosystem needs to support that. And like, I know what you're thinking. You might be thinking, you know, well, well, isn't it like easier to just run ads? Can I just run ads, Lisa? I hear this all the time. Who's, who here has thought, if only I had the budget to run ads, all my, all my content woes would be over. I'm, I mean, you're not alone because we have all at some point thought that. Can I get an amen in the comments? And here's the truth. Several of my friends over the last year or so have nearly gone out of business because they've relied solely on ads. What happens when Facebook shuts you down? 
What happens when your ads get rejected? What happens when you've built an audience for a launch that wasn't the right audience? Like I watched a debrief for one of my um, mentors and he was saying they got really cheap leads, but none of them converted. The conversion rate was like 0.3%. They spent all of this money on getting these people in that don't actually want what the offer was. And that's the that's the difference. And I think so many like big name entrepreneurs, the, the big dogs, the big guns, right, are focusing so much more on like getting on stages, nurturing their existing people, getting into books, doing different things, right? Because they know that it's getting harder and harder to reach a cold audience. They know that content is the most important thing that is underpinning that offer ecosystem. You know? I'm saying my Insta reach is non-existent, but when someone sees something they like at least for other posts and they're not trying to sell me anything. Uh, hmm. Shouldn't we build, be building a relationship instead of using paid leads? 100%, right? But I think so many people, face ache, <laughs> it is brilliant. I'm getting distracted by the comments. I'm sorry, guys. But I do think, you know, exactly that. You, we should be building a relationship instead of using paid leads, right? I love, I love supplementing my audience growth with a bit of paid advertising. Don't get me wrong. Like, I think it is good. it's good that we have the ability to get our stuff in front of more people. But our content is the best relationship builder that does the, the building for us. It means that we don't have to spend thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars in, in, in basically gambling. Like, the way that someone described Facebook ads to me once is like, imagine you t you're taking a bag of money and you're setting it on fire in your back garden. Like, I think it's the most amazing analogy ever. And I think that's how we, we think about like advertising that way. So what's the alternative? Well, the alternative is how can we make our content so good and our content ecosystem so good that we don't have to use ads, that we don't have to rely on ads. Like ads are a good plus, but they're not the be all and end all. And that's what I want everyone to hear is that our content is building those relationships with our people. Our content is what connects us to the people. And our content is what essentially gives us our audience a touch point to connect to you know because i think community building is like the biggest thing the biggest biggest thing that everyone should be focusing on is how can we band together particularly in these like weird weird times you know what i mean do you know what i mean you know and i think one of the things that i've learned actually this year is specifically around like community building and content and just how i've approached business in general is some, some of you might not know I'm Ukrainian so at the beginning of the year it was an interesting time right because I live in England it's it's, it's weird and uh, you know one of the things that I relied on was my community the content that I created over the last four five plus years and the relationships that I built with the people it was all through free content I didn't have the money to invest in ads at the beginning so I would be like the girl in all of the programs networking. I'd be like the person who would be, I don't know, in all of the support groups. Like I am a sociable butterfly and I love doing that. And I think when I realized that the content ecosystem, and like the way that I teach content is different anyway, because we call it the 16 minute marketing method. And we show you how to take like one piece of content and breaking up into six plus. And like, we show you how to take 90 days worth of content and repurpose it for like the year, right? But the, 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 the whole like content underpinning made, just made my life so much better this year specifically because I realized that the content that I created 
for all of the interwebs has created this network, this warm network of people who were willing to help me, who were willing to help me, you know, create a bundle and fundraise money and were willing to help me in this like shitty time of my life, right? So I think your content can do the same thing. And I was posting when it, I wasn't very good at copywriting, right? It was just, it was just terrible, <laughs> to be honest. If you go back to like my early, early posts, they weren't incredible, but like you, it's a learned skill, right? Just like anything else. Does that make sense? So content is, is queen as far as I'm concerned. And it is by far one of the most important steps. So, which is why content is step number two. Yeah. Yes, 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 yes. All the big guys close their face, uh, face ache. <laughs> I love that. That's such a good, such a, such a good name. Um, a, a couple of years ago, and I'm now built, trying to build communities again. Yeah, I mean, a lot of people, a lot of people tell me now, like Facebook groups don't work. So they don't work. It's just the reach is different. And like the way that you create content for your Facebook group is just different. Like inside of SDA this this time, I created um, how to grow your Facebook group as like a mini whatever like workshop. And inside of that, like I talk about why did those big guys close the groups and. Like one of the things that I thought about at the beginning of this year as well, like I have this group it's called Decoding Social. It's like 1,400-ish people in there. And I haven't done anything with that group. Like, to be honest, I Ukraine thing happened. I was like, just not in the right space to be leading any community really. And I focused fully on my paid communities. I had my like spellbinding content container, my SDA container, Voxer, all these different places. Uh... <laughs> Sorry, my phone is fine, no worries. Um, so for me, at the beginning of the year, I started thinking about, well, why am I actually sp creating this space? Like I really believe in the intentionality of every space that you're creating. Hopefully if you're in this community, you feel a certain way, right? You feel like you can post your stuff. You are, you know, um, what's the word for it? Like you feel the container within it because there is this purpose and a specific reason why you're here. I think those are the best types of communities. Um, and for me, when I was thinking about like, do I close my paid community? How do I do this? What's the next evolution? I think it's okay to evolve. And this is something we're gonna talk about in a second as well, but that's why a lot of people close the communities. And when I was creating that like different whatever workshop, about, well, how do you grow your group in these times where the algorithm is different, where we have like the everyone tag that is so contested, blah, 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 you know? Um, where Facebook is spending more and more money on these communities, but like people seem to be leaving them. Like, how do you do that? So that is something that I really went a, a bit deeper in and something that I consider too, because I too closed my community at the beginning of the year. Yet here we are in a Facebook group, you know? I still think that Facebook is the most accessible for most users. Where do I host my paid communities? Uh, Voxar or Facebook? I have tested other places. I don't do not like them. I will tell you why. If you want to post that question in the group, we can go deeper in it, but I don't think it's relevant for today. But yeah. So step three, who wants to know what step three is? So just to recap, step one is your offer ecosystem. Step two is your content ecosystem. Both two things very, very important. Step three, step three, is profitable conversations, okay? Because here is what I think, I hear all the time, I hear it all the time. 
Alisa, but the DMs are the spammiest way to sell, blah, blah, blah. I have, you know, Christina in my DMs telling me, Alisa, did you know that I can get you 50 qualified leads a week? Tell me I'm not alone there. Tell me I'm not alone in the 50 plus DMs from the bots who are telling me that they will get me all the qualified leads to get me to six figures. Am I the only one? Am I the only one? Because let me tell you, this is such a, I feel like this is an epidemic on Facebook and actually on Instagram too, in terms of like, you know, can I get you all these different leads? And it's, there's nothing, I'm not kidding, all the time. Oh my God, the bots. No, I get them all the time, right? Everyone, we all have the same problem. And that is just so not the vibe, in my opinion. Because here's the thing. <coughs> I think that all of the like big guys for a while, talking of like the big, the big dogs, they were telling us all to automate everything, right? Automation is the way forward. And I love automation. I love me a, a good little like time-saving hack. But I don't think that we should be outsourcing or automating our conversations. Like the, the conversations is where the gold is. So for me, you know, I always think of it like this. This is a really great analogy. Most people are treating their DMs like a game of Tinder. Swipe left, swipe right. And don't get me wrong, like I've been, I've been a coupled up lady for a long time. So I haven't been on Tinder since like its early days, but we all know the analogy, right? The like little, like, I don't know, the less than, the less than gentlemanly uh, boy who sends you the you up message, right? We don't wanna create that type of marketing. And I think that a lot of people are using DMs and, and specifically conversations in that way. I am there in my DMs to build genuine connections with people because it helps with the building of the community. It helps with the building of the safe space for the people. It, it helps in terms of like shortening that time, right? Of understanding who I am and who they are and whether I can actually help. So we don't wanna be that like swipe left, swipe right person. We wanna be the person who is like, you know, Prince Charming, right? Let's use the Cinderella analogy. Where's my wand? Do, 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 right? We want to be like the Prince Charming who is whining and dining our ideal so many clients. Right? And I think that at the end of the day, not everyone is as desperate as Cinderella. Like, let's, let's just get real for a second. As much as I love Disney, Cinderella was desperate. She was like living in a bad situation. She needed to get married to get out of that horrible house, right? Our ideal soulmate clients are not that desperate. Am I right? Tell, tell me I'm right. Our ideal soulmate people have like awareness. They know when they're being sold to. Yes or yes. Yes or yes or yes or yes. And I hear all the size of the bag, but what about launches? But what about launches, Elisa? I don't wanna be talking to the people. And I think that there is like a whole caliber of coaches. People who are, by the way, I really do respect and love and have paid a lot of money for in the past in terms of like working in containers, who are screaming, but Elisa, like, fuck sales calls. Who wants to do, who wants to do conversations? I don't want to talk to my clients. And I feel like, you know, don't get me wrong, there is an element of, well, eventually you probably will outgrow doing sales calls, or eventually you might have to outsource bits and pieces of your business. But for me, when we start to understand the math, and I want you to turn very quickly to page number, which page were we on? 
to page number 12, right? And you will see the sales frequency box in your sales foundations. Why is that there? Well, because when we understand our metrics, when we understand the math, it starts to make sense, right? So let's say that a fabulous launch conversion rate is one to 3%. So when you're doing a launch, when you're doing a challenge or a webinar or, a or whatever it is, or even a series, a great conversion rate is one to 3%. Let's assume that you're doing your first few launches and maybe your offer isn't honed yet. Maybe you don't know who your ideal soulmate person is. Maybe you're testing things out. So I'm gonna give you a conservative, but still great conversion rate of 2%. And let's say you have 100 people or 100 people in your audience, 100 people who have said, yes, I want to learn more about this. So out of those 100 people, you can expect to get two people to say yes. And I feel like a lot of the smaller business owners are being cheated out of the reality of running a launch model. You need a lot of people to make those big conversions, which means that a lot of people who are buying the, you know, whatever, the Amy Porterfield, build your course, the, what I'm trying to think of another one that people come to me after. Like a lot of the make your own courses, courses, right? Nothing wrong with creating a course. We love a course. It scales your time, blah, 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 blah. But when you understand that a launch, right, conversion is so different to you actually getting on a face-to-face -face conversation with someone. Because usually in terms of like a sales conversation, the, the conversion rate for those is between 50 to 70%, at least with my people. I don't know about you, but if I take those same 100 people and I know that my conversion rate is gonna be 50 to 70%, I'll take those odds over the two people. Because let's face it, you're a business owner, business owners need to make money. And if you're taking 100 people through a process, right? And in the back end, you're not making enough money to sustain yourself, but you're committing to a launch model. You're going to eventually burn out and say no, because to build upon that launch model, you need more money to invest into the machine. You need more time to invest in getting more people. And I don't know about you, but it, it's pretty sucky when you get, let's say you were expecting 50 people to sign up, but you get two. And the reality is that most people just don't know their numbers. So if we understand that, Okay, we have a sales goal, right? We have a price and the number of, 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 of um, what's the word for it? Places that you need to sell. Does that make sense? So give me a one if you're following along. Your sales frequency then is like, what is your conversion rate? How are you actually selling this thing? Right? Which means, well, how many leads do you need to get the amount of, of people that you need? And that's where I see so many people fall down is where they think, oh, well, I don't want to do sales calls anymore. Or, oh, no, I don't want to, you know, talk to my leads anymore because I'm just so overwhelmed and I have so much client work. And I'm like, well, what are you actually doing with your time? And I don't mean that in a harsh way. I just mean that in a, do you actually have the really big audience to sustain a launch model? Because like nothing against it if you do. Like I love a launch model, again. I think launches are great in terms of replenishing your lead flow, creating connection, creating community, right? But if you're going to be creating that model within your business, I want you to understand the metrics and the numbers. Because I don't know about you, but I was not like the mathy girl at school. <laughs> like, 
So when I first understood, oh my God, like if I actually focused on talking to more people, I would be more profitable and I would be more successful. And I think so many of us try and outsource that way too early, try and create more, I don't know, problems than it's worth. Does that make sense to everyone? Yeah? I'm seeing a one and I'm saying yes. So how could your business be different with 100 true fans? That's the question that I want you to ask yourself. Do you have 100 true fans in your business? Because if not, then we have to look at all of the other, all of the other different bits and bobs. And we want to, we want to focus on how can we get into a place of understanding what a profitable conversation is. And don't get me wrong, like I give my students scripts and, you know, we give them flows and we give them, in fact, like last SCA round, we even gave people the opportunity to practice sales calls with one of our experts. Like, how fun is that? You get, you get to practice and you get to get it like all out of the way. But what makes them successful is that they're not just taking my words and then going with them, they're adjusting them. And I want you to think about, well, how can I get a flow to my profitable conversations to a place of, you know what? I'm going to adjust this and I'm going to make it my own, you know? So we want to get to a place of A, 100 true fans, but B, we want to get to a place of customizing the profitable conversation so that it work for you. Make sense? Give me a little hard comment if it does. Mm. Yeah, and I think, you know, I live and die by my client dashboard. I think that everyone should be more conscious of the numbers and more conscious of like, what are the specific, and I know that's like masculine and we can talk about the feminine energy, but like my, my feminine energy and my feminine flow can really be unleashed when I have those masculine systems that support me. You know? And I feel like I am a more sane, successful, happier human when I have the systems and the structures in place. And I just think that most people just don't have the systems and the structures, you know? You know what I mean? So that is step four, I believe, I wanna say. Step four or three, who knows? Who knows what step we're on? So we have the business success blueprint, offer ecosystem, content ecosystem, profitable conversations. And step four is almost my favorite. Almost. <coughs> and I want to talk to you a little bit about what are the three most profitable niches? Can we guess? I love this game. Can you guess what are the three most profitable niches are in the world? Tell me in the comments what you think they are. This sort of blew my mind, but sort of didn't, by the way. I don't know. It sort of wasn't, sort of wasn't. Well, the three most profitable niches are we ready drum roll please financial services insurance and real estate what what masculine make money lose weight find love i think those are the, the most common desires i would agree with that but the most profitable niches in terms of money actually made financial services insurance and real estate and the question i have for you is what makes them different? Why are they the most profitable? Well, I have this theory that it has everything to do, not with the niche itself, but everything to do with the fact that the people who work in those three areas are taught to sell. They are taught 
the sales skills that most people are missing, right? And sales are a learned skill, just like walking, talking, copywriting, anything like that. It's a learned skill. And I think that, you know, it's not that, and we have, we have, we all have opinions about real estate and, and all of the niches and the financial services and blah, 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 blah. And to me, it's not even about that. To me, it's about what makes those specific niches profitable. Well, for me, what makes them different is that those three people who are selling those three things are so aware of their client journey. They are so aware of how to get their leads to turn into clients that of course they're going to be the most profitable. Of course they are. Yeah, save money, protect money and make money. Yes, exactly. I know. What does it say about the world? But it is what it is. Money makes the world go around. Whether we like it or not, we live in a capitalist society. I'm here for like a, a, a good version of capitalism, you know, where we get more money into the hands of good people. So for me, when I first twigged, oh my God, the only difference between these industries and everything one else is that they just focus on sales. So the this next step in your success blueprint is how can we get your lead to a client? Like that's literally the step is client, lead to client process. Because when we start to understand how can we turn your lead into a client, what do we focus on? We don't focus on how to make our website better. We don't focus on our logo. We don't focus on Canva. We don't focus on other things. We focus on the very thing that is going to make our business more successful. And guess what that is? Clients, right? Clients. Clients make the world go around. I didn't start my coaching business to not have clients. I'm here to impact more people. I'm here to work with more people, right? And I'm sure you're the same way. You didn't start your business to sit in an office by yourself, right? We want to work with more people, right? And I know, I know, I know what you're thinking. You're like, oh, maybe I should have taken up Cindy and her AI magic software to get me 50 leads a week, right? But the reality is, is that market sophistication is an all-time high. So we know when we're being pitched to, we know when we're being DM'd, we know when people are being spammy, we know when they're not leading with integrity. We can intrinsically feel it, right? Tell me I'm not the only one. Right, I know when someone pops up into my DMs and they tell me, oh my God, Elisa, you've been in my group for three years. I just wanted to see how you are, right? I know what that DM is about. And I'm sure you do know too, right? You're a sophisticated person who is learning a lot of cool shit every single day, right? So no one wants to be a spammy DMer. No one wants to be that person. So how do we... How do we circumvent that? How do we not be the spammy DMer? I think the thing that I want you to understand and I want you to like get is that I want you to intentionally craft your lead to client process. So, oh yeah. Hey girl, hey. Hey girl, I want you to map your customer journey. I want you to really understand what does that process look like for you? What happens when someone comes into your ecosystem? Do they get through those first four, four offers? What happens in your content ecosystem? What do they go to first? Do they go to your podcast? Do they go to your Facebook page? Do they go to your Instagram highlights? What do they say? What happens at that point? How do they get into becoming your lead? 
when they become your lead, what's the process? What's the process to become a client? What happens after they've become a client? Like all of these specific steps that you can chug down, they're your client to lead process, okay? So I want you to think about it in terms of like your intentional, your specific, your process is sexy as fuck. And it's crafted, right? Just like your messaging. That's what we want. Make sense? Give me a one if that makes sense. Because again, running out of water here. We want to customize every single step. Only through the customization and only through understanding that, you know what, like every lead to client situation, like every process can be customized. But there's a process. Like my students will tell you that we have a whole process vault for them, full of stuff that they customize to make, make it their own. And I think that's the beauty is like when you infuse your magic into things that are tried and tested and true. So like, yeah, you could DM a thousand people and hope for a few people to come be your clients, or you could build an ecosystem that actually feels good. My rule of thumb for business is if I wouldn't do it as a human, as in if I wouldn't like knock on a hundred people's doors and be like, could you be my friend? then I wouldn't do it in my business. Make sense? Okay, now, step five. Who's ready for step five? Give me a five if you're ready for step five. Give me a five. Because step five is this. And I think it stems from people thinking that they need to have a PhD to get client results. This is kind of ironic because we were just watching like a PhD presentation with Casey. Her, her sister was just defending her PhD. And, you know, having been in the world of academia for a long time, I can tell you that the people with their PhDs usually make the worst teachers. No offense if you have a PhD. I love you. I think you're great. Amazing. But usually the more you know, the more you overthink. And isn't that right? Like the, the smarter the person is in a, in a topic, usually like the more doubt they, they have about themselves. There's a specific scientific term for that, by the way, if you're interested in the research, is because we are overwhelmed by all the things that we now know that we don't know, right? But it's true. So for me, it's not about being the most educated person in the room. And like, again, let's take this with a pinch of salt because I love education. It's something that I, it's like one of my top values, education, probably like number two, I would say. I invest in a course at least once a month. Some would say that that's a course habit. I say that it's further education. I love this industry so much. But it doesn't mean that you don't, like you don't need to have a PhD to teach your people. You don't need to know all of the things of the subject to be an expert. And I feel like this is the fallacy is that we think if we know more, if I could just know more, if I could just think of all of the different possibilities, how it would go wrong, I would be able to get people results. And the truth is you only like, it is true. You only need to be a few steps ahead of people to be able to actually teach them. I do believe that. You don't need to know everything, everywhere, all at once. Where it comes from, right, is that step five is getting client results. And what I see most people do is they overthink and they try and make it way too big for their clients. They try and cover way too much. Where in the end, the client 
like if something the client doesn't learn, they do, but they don't have a specific tangible result at the end. Does that make sense to everyone? Just type in a one if it does, you know? Getting client results is in number five, is essentially the ability to deliver on the promise of your offer, of your paid offer. Yeah, makes sense? I hope it does. Because at this point, what people tend to think is, well, what if I just PLR? You know, PLR is like white label of course material. Or what if I just, you know, do the specific steps in my certification? Or what if, you know what, I'm secretly not good enough? And what if I actually can't get people results? Oh, right, like devil thoughts. Like where did those thoughts come from? I know for a fact that you have what it takes. You have the knowledge within you. You have what your clients want, right? So I actually don't give people certifications, even though people have asked me to create a certification in the past, because I believe that it's not about giving you more knowledge. It's about helping you articulate your knowledge that you already have in such a way that gets people results. Because when you set up your programs and your courses and your offers in a slightly different way, in terms of, a, from a psychological standpoint of, I'm going to make it my mission to get people results, no matter what happens. That's my mission in everything that I do. No whether that's been clear, hopefully it has. But I'm here to help you become better in a variety of different ways. For this training, it's offers, right? Through other trainings, it's other things. And I want you to start thinking the same way. It's how can I get my people more results in a faster, quicker, better way? And in fact, like show me one successful entrepreneur that doesn't know how to get people results. You can't, like it's impossible. The successful people are the ones who know how to get their people results. And the good news is, is that like step five is get people results for a reason. Because I think I call, I lovingly call this the mirror dimension theory. You're a mirror of other, of other things, right? You're a, you're a mirror for the things that are coming in and for the things that are, you're putting out, which means that you are the best place person to help your person. Because usually nine times out of 10, they're a reflection of you, which is a great, it's amazing. It means that you're on the right path. And it probably means that with a few tweaks, you can probably get people results even faster. Make sense? So, 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 step number six. Step number six, how are we doing for time? Ooh, we are at the hour. Can we have a celebratory like chin chin? Grab a glass of water or a tea. Cause we are nearly at the end of our success blueprint. And I think, you know, kind results for me before we get be, before we get to the end, right, of, of your success blueprint, one of the biggest compliments that my clients give me is that I get them into action, right? I get them to do things faster. It's a shortcut. It's the best, you know, whatever, fastest way forward. And I want you to start thinking about your offers and your things like that. Like, are you getting your people into that momentum, right? So I, it's like that thing of like, I really believe that I help people create win-wins. Like when people invest in my stuff, their lives get better, right? Why? Because it's, not only is it psychologically set up to, to do that for them, but also because that's an intrinsic belief in all of my teachings. You know what I mean? I give my clients shortcuts. That's the vibe. And I want you to think about it this way. 
How am I giving my clients shortcuts to something, a thing or a feeling or, or something else or a transformation? Oh, I'm seeing champagne glasses. I wish I had champagne. Usually, you know, if I wasn't like a little, I'm still like, I'm like on the last day of my cold. It's really irritating. So excuse me for a second. <coughs> like on the last, like literally the last legs. I have no more medicine to take, you know? Usually I would have champagne at this point. We would like crack open a bottle. And I'm also an avid cocktail maker. Like I dare you to find someone who makes a better mojito than me. And maybe that, maybe that would be like a retreat. Casey, maybe we need to do like a retreat where we just do mojitos for a day and talk about businessy things, you know? Anyway, I digress. Number six, and very much last, but very much not least. Point number six. Can you guess what number six is? Tell me in the comments. Because this is a new thing, right? So this is this was not a step in the success blueprint before, before this year, really. This is something completely different that I haven't really ever talked about. And I think a lot of people use this word and they don't really mean what it, and they don't really use it in the way that it means, you know? Yes, I'm on it. Thank you. Love it. So, this is the belief that a lot of people have. And I must admit, like, I'm going to get very honest with you. I sort of had this belief too. It was like, a, it was a fear. Is that when you get people results and you get them what you promise, they outgrow you and then they leave, right? Has anyone ever felt that way? Or is it just me? I mean, I'm a bit of a weirdo, so it may have just been me. But I remember very, very early in my business like in that first year or two, thinking, oh my God, like what if my client learns everything that I know and then what happens, right? <laughs> then I'm not good enough. And then it sets you in like the spiral. But the reality is, is that when you grow, so do they. When you evolve, so do they. And you're never ever stuck in one place. You're never in one place because you're learning, you're growing. You're like, you've made the great decision to be here. You're learning more and more. You're learning to think, th to take things differently, to, to tweak things, to massage your office, to be better. Therefore, your clients are going to be just like you. They're going to be growing and you're going to evolve sometimes together, sometimes not together. Right. And that's fine. Clients are going to fall apart, like fall, fall out of your whatever vortex, however we want to say it. So for me, when I realized, you know what? The scaling and the momentum that I want is on the other side of me creating all of this stuff. Is all is on the other side of that offer, content, conversations, and everything else. You know? And I think that, yeah, if if I get them results, they are supposed to outgrow me in some ways. A hundred percent. Like I want my clients to almost like do better than me. But also, like, that's a catch-22, right? Because, like, let's get real for a second. Like, we're not going to shy away from these hard topics here. I thought it was a marketing training. It's not. <laughs> we're going to go deep here. Is that if we think that our clients are going to outgrow us, there's an intrinsic fear that comes, right? And then we hold things back. Not for everyone, for most people. And I really want to live in this abundant place where I can, I can teach all of the things to the people and is not only is it going to help them grow, but as I grow, I'm going to help them like learn more and go deeper and take it a step further. 
And I think that's for me what the momentum is. It's like when you become the person that you were meant to be and when your business starts to shine and when you start to do the glorious projects and the glorious things and you know people are dming you like last time i did the launch people were dming me like you're everywhere and i love it like i love your ads like just peers who i've looked up to for years when you start to create that momentum and like that scalability in your business and you can do things that are bigger and better because you have more money in the bank you have more systems you have more team you have more freedom right to finally do the big projects that felt like unsurmountable at the, at the beginning of your business. That's what I think scaling momentum is. And I think that a lot of people think so much about the phase of the scaling that they forget all of the other stuff, right? Why do we focus on like the big 50 years vision or like the 10 year vision? Well, we don't even know what the next year is going to look like, right? Has anyone ever been there? Like I know in the beginning of my business, I was the person who was like, in five years time, I will be on a TEDx stage doing the things, blah, blah, blah. Right? Is anyone else like that? Tell, tell me I'm not alone. Right? And I'm, my question is, well, why are we focusing on that vision? Well, what for me, step six, after you've mastered all of the rest of it, that's where the scaling and the momentum happens. That's where we can then start to focus on, well, what does the team look like? How can I start to outsource? What is it that the next level strategies look like? Can I get into launching in a sustainable way? Can I get more people into my containers? Right? Like that's for me the, the big sexy thing that I have been actively working on. And I will tell you this, that, you know, when you're working from the notion of, well, and this is what I was sort of doing over the, the C19 situation that we had, you know, just very, very recently, is that I was operating off the, the past where things weren't working and, you know, well, I've tried to outsource in the past and it wasn't we're quite right and whatever. And like all of these agencies screwed me and blah, blah, blah. And I lost all this money and yada, 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 yada. Like we've all had bad business investments, right? But if we get to this stage where we have our ecosystem, for our offer and our content, where we have our profitable conversations on, on lock, where we have all of the pillars in place and we get to this place of scaling and we operate from the outdated thinking of, well, I've tried this in the past and it didn't work. And I'm here to tell you that you almost need to evolve as a business owner to get to the place of scaling happily, right? And creating that momentum easily. So it's... If you're operating in the place of it didn't work in the past, blah, 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 you're operating based on the past. You're not operating based on the future. And I want you to look at the future and focus on how can I make decisions that future me is going to thank me for? Does that make sense? Give me a why in the comments if it does. And actually, I have a note. I have a note. Thank me for past decisions and I think what that note means is this it's that if I hadn't had a team at the beginning of this year I'm not really sure what would have happened in that like I don't think we would have been able to raise $60,000 for the victims in Ukraine if I didn't have a team like I was my family was in Ukraine I was figuring stuff out and I was you know looking basically I was just a mess really 
And I had this great idea. And luckily I had these amazing people behind me who helped me create this vision, right? And like Rome wasn't built in a day and it wasn't built by one woman, right? It was built by a team. And I am becoming more and more passionate about helping you figure out what are the things that you can outsource, whether it's in your home life or in your business, that will make your life easier. And I think that's where like the scaling comes in, right? That's where the momentum and the building of the thing comes in. It's like the next, almost like the little next step up, you know? And I, I definitely like hands down, if I was alone, I don't think I would have been able to do it. At least not as effectively and definitely not as successfully. Know what I mean? So that is step six. Does that all make sense to everyone? Give me a party emoji in the comments if you have got all your six steps. And I'm officially out of water. And thank you guys so much for hanging out with me. I know we're like a little bit past the time, but I really wanted to go deeper with you all today. Like this is the final, the final workshop, right? Of this three part series. I don't wanna, I don't know, almost shortchange you on the information. Like I want you to get all of the things that you need out of this training. You know what I mean? Which ultimately means that you now have a great choice to make. In fact, you know, you have the full big picture of what it takes to be successful. And you have a choice to make, right? The choice is this. You can either stay using outdated strategies, boring, outdated messaging, doing the same thing over and over again, or you can take a different path forward and essentially use a system that you know works and implement the system that you know is going to change the way that people perceive your offers. Change the way that people love on your content, change your ecosystem forever. And that is the choice that you have. You can stay stuck, you can stay hidden, you can stay in, I like to call it the hidden cave of solitude, or you can move forward and take the next step with me. And the good news is, is that on Monday, I will give you an opportunity to work with me further in a program I have called the Soulmate Client Accelerator, which is near and dear to my heart. It's a six month container. It's fucking amazing. It's like my life's joy and work. And if you want to learn more about that, then I will be here on Monday taking you through all of the nuts and bolts so you can figure out whether it's the right program for you or whether you're the right program for it, right? <laughs> like whether it's the mishmash, perfect, perfect mishmash. So if you wanna get on the wait list, now would be the time. Um, Casey, my love, can you drop the wait list link in the comments for the people? Because if you're on the wait list, then I will give you the first like step information. And it's gonna be fucking amazing. But yeah, you have these replays for the next week or so. If you wanna go back and rewatch them, make more notes, ask me questions. And of course we have the, um, the bingo contest, which I will mention in a second. But yeah, so in a few short days, the doors to that are going to be open. But for now, I wanted to wrap up today with the final three steps of your offer matrix. So if you wanna hang out with me for just five more minutes, 
I'm going to take you through the rest of the offer matrix, the rest of the bingo contest. I'll give you a minute or two to get on the wait list. It's going to be, it's going to be so good. You're going to love it. I'm so excited. So excited. Okay. So offer matrix. Are we going to stay for a little bit to talk about the offer matrix? Because you know what? Like, honestly, I couldn't have said it better than any of my clients from things like clients will fall out of the sky. Like, isn't that the best testimonial you've ever heard? And things like, you know, uh, things, uh, what, what was the other one that I absolutely love? Like the best decision I ever made to, to like clients creating really great results. Like, I really, really believe that your products and your offers, like you have to believe in them more than anything else. And I know that the accelerator is a really, is a good fit for a few of you who are ready to take that next step and totally take that offer, glow up, right? And, and become like an offer mastery. Like that's what we want to do. You know, you know what I mean? Oh, I'm getting goosebumps. I hope you are too. So before we wrap up, I know I promised you the final three ingredients and I want to take you through, I'm going to take you through them really quickly. Okay. It was like my chicken school writing over here. You can't tell that I was a tutor in a previous life, right? All my students used to complain that my handwriting was the worst thing ever. But it is what it is. So, last time we went through your offer matrix, which was your result, your benefits, the investment for your client is in the price, the hidden benefits, what are the hidden things, right? The ripple effect and the financial cost. And I will remind you that you have until the end of today to submit your uh, statement for your offer. I'm gonna go through them tomorrow morning. I'm gonna give everyone feedback. So now is the good time for you to submit that final I am statement because you have an opportunity to win a one-on-one -on -one with me as like a little pop-up prize, okay? So in order to win your visibility hamper, which is this bingo contest. I have so many pieces of paper here now your offer glow up, okay, contest. You gotta finish this, okay? So I wanna see your whole offer matrix finished and I wanna see your sales foundations finished. So in order for you to finish your offer matrix with me, here are the final three of the boxes, okay? So underneath the hidden benefits here, the next thing is the process. And the process is something, I mean, I'm going to, I'm going to be a bit of a dick here, but the process is something that we literally spend like a whole week on inside of SCA, where we literally work out what is the specific step-by-step -step process and like, what's the visual for the process and how do we make it sexy? What are the messaging triggers? But the process essentially is like, what, it, what are the specific steps that you take your ideal soulmate person through to get them that result? Because remember, step five in your success blueprint is getting people results. Make sense? So you have result, hidden benefits underneath that, and underneath that you have the process. What is the process you're taking your people through? And column number two, we have benefits. Okay, what, like what does it give them, your offer, right? The ripple effect, the outside, the outside magic. Can I get, an, can I get a magic emoji in, underneath? Magic. And then underneath that is the risk reversal. And the risk reversal is a marketing term to how are you going to mitigate risk for your ideal soulmate person? And let's face it, in a time of uncertainty right now, people are, you know, people are becoming a bit more wary, right? We're not just sort of flopping around our credit cards everywhere, right? 
So we have to mitigate risk for our ideal soulmate people. Yeah, so how many of us have invested in things that haven't really, you know, done the job? I know I have. I'm sure I'm not alone in that, you know? Just look at last time. We talked about like the things that we invest in that were funny, right? What about the, the sad things that we invest in that didn't really pay up, pay up or didn't really, you know, contribute? So risk reversal. And then the third and final column. You have investment, as in the price. The price. What's your min the money, honey? The financial cost, as in the financial cost to your client if they don't say yes. And then the urgency. What is the urgency that you're going to use to make it a no-brainer? I see so many people leave their offers open forever. And then they're wondering, well, why don't people buy? Well, what's the incentive? What's the urgency? Urgency. Look at this. I just gave you the waitlist um, link to SCA. And I said to you, if you sign up to the waitlist, you'll be the first to know. That's urgency. It's giving you something, right? You'll be the first to know. And there'll be something in it for you. That's the magic, right? What's your urgency for your stuff? Why should people say yes today? So what I want to see from you is not only a completed bingo card, the final square on your bingo card. I've lost my bingo card thingy. But stay with me here. The final situation on your bingo card, which is this. Yes? So I, what I want to see is a photo of this in a separate pose inside the group with ticks, right? So you have watched video one and added offer glow up for your entry to count. You have watched video two and added offer glow up. You have watched video three. You're here. You're watching video three. Yes. Type in offer glow up down below for it to count because you're here, right? And if you're here on, on replay, then offer glow up me now, you know? Then you need to reply to your welcome email or really to any one of my reminder emails with the word bingo. I know quite a few of you already done that. Uh, just search offer offer glow up challenge inside of your thing reintroduce yourself or introduce yourself inside of the group i want to see your introduction inside the group i want to know who you are i feel like i know who everyone is on, on this call fyi i feel like most of you guys have already introduced yourselves but if you haven't now's a great time subscribe to the modern coach podcast because as we have established i love your attention in all the places so all you need to do is just literally subscribe. That's all I want to see. And if you, of course, if you want to check it out, then please do. The Modern Coach Podcast is not just for coaches. And I explained that in my first episode. But the Modern Coach Podcast is about you seeing yourself as that expert. And there is so much great content on there. So if you want to binge watch, binge listen to that, I would highly recommend it. But that's all you need to do is subscribe to the Modern Coach Podcast to check that off. Then I want you to follow my Instagram account. It's at Alisa K Coaching. It's here somewhere down below or actually Casey can you just drop my Instagram link down below so that the people know and then reply to someone else's comment or post in the Facebook group so all you need to do is interact in the Facebook group because who wants to have a solo party there's so many great I am statements there's so much great feedback in the in the group and if you want people to interact with you here is a really great place for you to practice interacting with the other people know what I mean type in a why if you do or even better, reply to a comment so it counts. <laughs> and then finally, last but definitely not least, I want you to post your completed matrix homework from day three. 
And your deadline to do this is by Sunday night. So you have until the end of the weekend to go through the training again if you want to and complete this whole page, okay? And if you have been following me, and I know that some of you have been on every single call, and I appreciate you showing up live, I appreciate you showing up for the replays, I appreciate you spending these three days with me, I really don't take it for granted. I know that it's, you know, of course this is a transformational training, and I know that you're here for a reason, but I don't take it for granted that you've spent an hour and 22 minutes with me, I appreciate it. So thank you for your attention and for choosing to say yes to yourself and carving out time to work on your business, because that is the first mark of success. So the final thing that you need to do is just complete this matrix, okay, and post it for a chance to win my visibility kit. And if you're curious to know what's inside it, there's like a bonus prize that I'm not announcing. It's freaking amazing. It's a, it's a like a little mystery that you get, but you also have my ring light, my favorite microphone, uh, my favorite tripod, and a few like extra bonus workshops that are amazing in that whole bundle for you. So that my friends is, I think that's the conclusion of the of our makeover messaging series. I would love to know if you have any questions, pop them down below. And more importantly, if you've had an aha moment or something has really resonated with you over the last three days, please pop it in the chat. Like I really wanna know what has been that like, mind-blowing, mind-blowing um, moment for you. I want to know. But yeah, as I keep saying, I really, really, really appreciate your time. I appreciate your attention. I appreciate you participating in these contests. And I know it is like a bit of an ethical bribe, but I promise you that the more work you spend on your offer, on making over your messaging, the more successful you will be. And, you know, as I mentioned, I'm going to be here on Monday giving you that next step if you want to take it. But it's been fun hanging out with you nonetheless. So I will speak to you, Al, on Monday for now. I hope you have an amazing weekend. I hope to see your uh, offer statements in the group. Freaking amazing. We're going to be commenting on all of them tomorrow. And I can't wait to see your completed bingo cards and the magic, the magic that you're about to create. So thank you so much for being engaged, loyal, and here with me every night. It has been a true joy for now. Have an amazing morning, afternoon, or evening, wherever you are. Bye. See you on Monday.